Broadcasting live from the Out of the Boat Ministry headquarters, you're listening to Cast the Net. Now here's your hosts, Matt Hynas and Sean Fraunfelder. All right, let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, um, Lord, I just want to thank you for another day. Uh, Lord, I just ask for myself for some calmness right now. Um, Lord, I, I pray that you, I pray that your presence is felt here today uh, during this conversation. Uh, Lord, we, uh, we all come in uh, dragging different weeks with us uh, and dragging different experiences with us. Um, Lord, so I pray that we're able to just kind of set those aside. Lord, concentrate on you and, and just um, just con- concentrate on uh, just having a good conversation uh, that's centered around you and centered around the things that you've done in our lives. Um, Lord, I, I pray that, that you guide the conversation. Um, I pray for uh, laughter this morning. Uh, I pray for a um, a deeper connection between all of us this morning. Lord, I pray that there is something that one of us, uh, that, you, that you say through one of us um, that someone out there needs to hear. Yes, Lord. And Lord, I, I'm still amazed at the fact that you use uh, broken people like us mm-hmm. um, for, for your message. Uh, Lord, that, is, that has been your plan. That has been your plan A. There was never a plan B. And that, and that just kind of amazes me. Um, Lord, so so we thank you for for what you do for us. Uh, Lord, we thank you for um, our guest today, our, our our brother Andy. Lord, we um, we ask for um, for you to continue to, to to be with him and strengthen him and and give him the the boldness that he that he has to share your word. Lord, that he um, continues continues with this strong faith that he has. It, it's, it's been one of the things that I've admired um, from afar by watching him. And Lord, again, it's, it's just, he's another person that you've placed in my life and our lives um, that strengthens us, that helps lift us up just by watching what um, his faith that he has following you. So we thank you for that. Uh, Lord, we're excited for what this conversation is going to turn into today. Uh, Lord, we, we thank you. Uh, for this opportunity, Lord, we love you. We want to pray this in the holy, powerful, and spotless name of Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 And welcome to Castanet Podcast number 220. Wow. Can't believe we've gone this far. My name is Sean Fraunfelder, and once again, I'm joined with my highness. Good morning. As he takes a drink of coffee. And that's why, that's why it's a good morning. <laughs> and Adam Shine on the soundboard. I'd say good morning, but it may not be morning for them. This we discussed this last time. Could be. Yep. Maybe but they're in Australia. It good, is a good g'day. morning right now. Good day, so. mate. Yeah. Um. So we're excited because we have a guest today. Yes. Um. Our brother Andy Evans is here with us. For any of you who listened last week's podcast, you heard. Uh, you know, we we briefly uh, touched on Andy and uh, just you know his uh, his profession as a pilot, uh, but also his involvement in, in out of the boat over the years. Uh, but also, you know, part of that conversation that we had was from a, a, a 
out of the boat meeting that we had years ago, we talked mm-hmm. about the checklist. So that was, yeah. you know, kind of part that brought it up. Um, mm-hmm. So anyways, welcome, mm-hmm. Andy. Thank you. Yep. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. I have a fun story about Andy. One oh. of my great memories. Let's hear it. Uh, I got to go. What a better way to start off. <laughs> I was standing behind a soundboard similar to what I have now at church, you know. Uh, we had just recently gotten it, and he came back. And he looked at us, man, look at all those buttons and lights. He's like, I could never figure that out. And I look at him, I'm like, you fly a jet. <laughs> you got to figure this out just fine. He's like, oh, no, those things just run themselves. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Adam. <laughs> well, welcome. Uh, I've been excited all week. Uh, I was excited to call Andy and Say, hey, we were talking about you, and, oh and uh, <laughs> w- would you be willing to come on? We would really love to have you on, and um, I was excited that he was excited to come on. Yeah. So, welcome to the podcast. Again, if, you, uh, if you're listening and you haven't listened to last week's, I'm not going to tell you to stop, per se, but I'll tell you that after you're done listening to this, go back and listen to number 19, because some of the stuff we're going to talk about today will make a lot more sense, yeah. but... Um, we're, we're so excited to, to hear your story and hear about where God uh, has taken you uh, and is taking you. Mm-hmm. And um, it, it's so interesting to see how aviation blends in with our kingdom walk with Jesus every day. Yeah. And, and I really hope that uh, everyone listening today kind of comes away with that realization of, wow, that... And, and I really think that no matter what someone's profession is, they'll see how that bling, blends in with their kingdom walk every day. Yeah, that's yeah. a good point. So, Andy, we're just going to turn it over to you. Tell us uh, a little bit about yourself. Um, maybe just, you know, tell us your story. Hmm, okay. Well, I guess, uh, just so you know, I'm 56. Um, I'm married. I have two kids. And I've been around the Logan area for about uh, 25 years Grew up down the road in Athens and started working in Columbus. Um, but, uh, and I, I fly for NetJets. I've been with them about 30 years. And, um, you know, it's been uh, an interesting life so far. It's getting better, you know. When I think of NetJets, I think of professional golf. Because all those golfers <laughs> now look like they drive for NASCAR. Yeah. Because they've got like 10 different. Yeah. But NetJets is probably the biggest and one of the earliest sponsors that I would see in golf. Yeah, and they have always been after the golfers, um, the jockeys, um, tennis players, things like that, yeah. celebrities too. So they, um, they definitely like to uh, get those folks on board and you know, get their name out there. They're really good at marketing and things like that. So, um, But yeah, um, so I guess my story, I'll give you a little bit longer version, then I'll give you my two-minute testimony mm-hmm. later on. But um, raised in church, you know, a little kid, went to church. Parents dragged me every every Sunday, and uh, I hated it. <laughs> and uh, got baptized as a baby, confirmed as a youth, you know. And um, when I got in high school, I just I just asked my parents, I said, can I stop going? I, I don't like this. And and they say, yeah, that's that's fine. You know, make your own decision. So I left church thinking good people go to heaven, bad people go to hell. And I was a good guy. I was popular. Everyone liked me. So I thought, man, I'm good. So I just headed out on life, doing life. And about 25 years ago, I came close to dying in an accident. And I 
thought, man, if I'd have died, what happened? What would have happened to me afterwards? Because I kind of lost faith in my good people go to heaven, bad people go to hell thing. Um, And I had a fear of dying that just gripped me. I mean, big time. I thought about it all the time. So for about six years, I just carried this burden, I'll say, and and looking back, I know it's the Holy Spirit like poking me in the stomach, mm. like the Pillsbury yeah. Doughboy, you know. And why uh, didn't you poke? Why didn't you point to Sean when you were poking? The Pillsbury <laughs> Doughboy? He, he's pointing uh, me. There's nothing over there, man. <laughs> <laughs> it is what it is. And uh, so anyway, I'm uh, flying with a guy and uh, great friend of mine, my best friend, and uh, we start talking Bible stuff a little bit, you know. And and he says to me. Uh, if you die today, where are you going? I said, heaven. He said, why would God let you in? I said, I'm a good guy. Everyone likes me. I'm popular. You know, and he <laughs> goes, that's not what the Bible says. <laughs> and I'm like, what? And he said, can I share some scriptures with you? And we went through the Roman road, which may, maybe you're familiar with that, you know, we've all sinned and fallen short and Christ has a free gift of eternal life. And as I read those words, as I read them, my fear of dying went mm. away. And I had not had peace in a mm. long, long time. And I thought, oh, thank you, Lord. And we took a knee in that hotel room. We were in Hamilton, Montana, April the 7th, 2000. It was about midnight Eastern time, about nine, 10 o'clock mountain. And we took a knee and he led me in the sinner's prayer. But I was saved as I was reading those words. Yeah. And I mm. asked Jesus to be my savior. And, Amen. you know, um, life after salvation is not always rosy, you know? Yeah, there's, preach that. There's yeah. um, issues, but I mean, I have the Bible, I have the Holy Spirit, I have my brothers and sisters in Christ, teachers, preachers, deacons, elders, all that to help me along on this travel. And um, so it's been good. Yeah. So let's back up to um, 2000. Let's go into the late 90s. Were, were you an atheist? Ah, okay. Um, where, where were you from that time of the high school time of saying, you know, mom and dad, I'm just walking away from all this, um, to up until that time of 2000? I would say I, I fell in the category of new age, um, although I wasn't necessarily practicing. Like my wife and I became vegetarians. We didn't want to hurt animals, uh, things like that, uh, trying to improve our health. Um, exercising a lot, trying to live a really long time. Um, and we, my wife at the time, we just basically agreed that everyone can do whatever they want and just leave us alone. And it's good. You know, we're not going to tell people. And we knew some crazy Christians that would tell us stuff, you know, and, um, yeah, and it was, a, it was a turnoff, you know, quite frankly. But, um, so that's where I was at that point, you know, just kind of went with, the waves, wherever it went. So 2000, Montana, you accept Jesus. What's your wife's thought on that? Yeah. Uh, well, it took me about three months to tell her. Mm. I was, I was pretty nervous. I thought maybe uh, she might pull the plug on the whole thing and just say, I'm out of here or you're out of here. It was pretty scary time. And the Lord's like, you got to tell her, I got to tell her. And so I told her. And uh, she said, well, I have news for you. She said, I am on a trajectory myself. I was growing like a weed. I was on fire and I could not get enough Christianity. And she said, well, I am also on a trajectory and I'm, 
I call it the new age movement. She had got into some books and had started a group and she was off doing her thing. We were going in opposite directions. And, um, so it, it was, it was pretty rough. It was pretty rough, you know, who were, um, some of the early people in your Christian walk that helped lay foundations for you? I mean, were, was it folks like, uh, Ravi Zacharias or, uh, Billy Graham or, you know, who kind of helped yeah. help you build that foundation that you have today? Well, first and foremost, Jeff Kelly, who's a, my best friend, he lives down by Athens and he's the one who led me to the Lord. And he was my number one resource. I, I would call him. I'm like, what's the deal with this? What's the deal with that? Mm. Another guy that I flew with, Mark Mailing, a uh, tremendous teacher. And I could call him anytime and I go, hey, what's going on in Second Corinthians 7 or whatever? And he he's like, well, you need to reference that off of this or that, you know? So those guys were outstanding. Um, I, I got into the TV preachers for a little while and then I bailed on those guys. I just it was too much. I couldn't, you know, scripture says first Thessalonians five twenty one says, test everything, hold on to the good, avoid every kind of evil. And I couldn't keep up with these guys. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're just bringing information so quickly. I thought I either need to believe it all or I need to just turn it off. So mm-hmm. I got away from those guys. There were many apologetics books that I got, um, that I, you know, just the big ones, if you can, you know, Google the the big names. I got into apologetics big time because I was defending my faith. I wanted people to know why I believed what yeah. I believed. Amen. So, yeah. You know, uh, one thing you said there uh, is something that, um, Fran, you've been saying for a while and is, you know, who, if you're a follower of Jesus, who are you mentoring? You know, that's something that we've been talking about over the last couple of months of, you know, if you're following after Jesus and you're doing what he's asked and called us to do, then somewhere out there should be someone that you're pouring kingdom knowledge into. And Mm -hmm. and, and that's what I've liked about this story that you're sharing is these people discipled you. You bet. They poured into you. Mm. Um, And now it's your job to do that to the next person. Yeah. Um, and and that's kind of that's what we've been talking about a lot, and and that's listening to this, you know, to your story, and that's what I'm seeing. I'm like, yeah, it, again, this works. You bet. This works. Yeah. I mean, this is how you got reintroduced to Christ. Yeah. Not a religion. You got introduced to Christ because somebody decided that they were going to pour pour into you. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. And it's amazing how this this works, and we've become lackadaisical mm-hmm. nowadays church. And I'm not saying that nobody does it, but right. I don't, I just, do we do it to the full effect that we should be? Mm-hmm. And I think that's the part where we kind of drop the, we drop the ball and that's part of what we've talked about in the past. Yeah. I, I mean, so it, it is a cool part of your story. Yeah. I think a lot of folks think the preacher, it's the preacher's job. He'll mm-hmm. have an altar call Sunday and you know, if I can just get my buddy to church, he'll go to the altar or whatever. We'll check the box and, move on you uh, know. yeah that's definitely a lot that we've been talking about yeah. the checkbox christians checkbox men yeah. um i want to go back a little bit into the new age okay so you you come to know christ in 2000 you you tell your wife obviously your friends at the time that you'd surrounded yourself with you and your wife were new agers you bet. yeah how for for uh, a group of people who are open 
how did they take you once you said, hey, I'm a disciple of Jesus now? That's a great question. Um, so uh, basically, uh, my wife at the time, and she's, she passed away. It'll be three years in June that she's been gone. She's in heaven, by the way, and we'll talk about that in a little bit. Um, she started a spiritual discussion group and was inviting people to come out to our house. Or they met in other places, too. And I decided I'd start attending <laughs> <laughs> the <great>. meetings. <laughs> and uh, so after the first meeting... She's like, in case you didn't notice, you know, you really didn't fit in. And, um, and I knew this, you know, I was kind of just trying to maybe be a little burr under saddle or something like that. But this is not, to, not to interrupt, but this is what I love about you yeah. because you're so, you're so soft-spoken, you're so gentle, but yet so bold, you know, and so laser-like focus. <laughs> right. That's what I, you're telling that story and in my mind, I'm like, yeah, that makes perfect sense for him. Like, that's you. <laughs> yep. But anyways. Yeah. Um, one uh, dear friend of mine, we've now just kind of gone our separate ways, but it was years ago, and he, he told my wife, he said, Andy was the funniest guy before he got saved, and now mm. he's no fun. And I, I am a lot of fun, I think. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Yeah, but, absolutely. Um, I used to be, in old life, backtrack. Sure. I probably could have made my living in comedy. Um, I would listen for hours to, I had Rodney Dangerfield and uh, George Carlin and Richard Pryor and Sam Kinison. Oh, I love and, Sam Kinison. Uh, mm. Man, uh, I knew all their routines and I was, I, I would get invited to parties just to entertain people. <laughs> and as soon as someone left the room, I was all over that guy, you know, telling stories about him and making stuff up. And I was, and that was part of the popularity. I loved it. I love making people laugh and I still do that. But the Lord's like, Hey, we're going to, we're going to dial that down <laughs> a little bit. And, uh, but I do struggle. Actually, I struggle with still, I mean, I will still think I, I've got the whole library in my head, you know, if yeah. you want, I can tell you, start telling you some good jokes. No, I won't do that. <laughs> but, uh, but anyway, so, uh, you know, it was basically a slow breakup with, with that gang of people. And I, and after I got saved, I asked the Lord, I said, I want to share the gospel with all these people that were in Brenna's group. And I did. I've been able to share. And I, it really? was weird. I mean, they would show up at the house and they're like, hey, is Brenda here? I was like, nope. And uh, I was like, do you go to church anywhere? Oh, no. I said, well, let me tell you about mine. Oh, that's great. Give my two-minute testimony or whatever. And um, so, uh, yeah. And at her uh, memorial service, I gave her testimony about her getting saved. Mm -hmm. And so the, the room was full. There's 50-some people. Most of them were, you know, from that from that new age movement. Yeah. Yeah. So glory to God, you know. He's yeah. uh, he's pursuing people. Yeah. So let's um if you don't mind, if if you you noted that uh she passed away three years ago and yeah. um there's a there's a beautiful story there. Yeah. Um if you wouldn't mind if if we could kind of start start at the beginning of that beautiful story, um and just share that uh some of us who've been coming out of the boat for the last six years, um, we know this story. We prayed and we prayed yeah. um, and we reach out to you. Um, 
and and see how your wife was doing um, physically. Yeah, because she had been ill, but we really wanted to know hey, how mm. we doing on the spiritual front. Yeah. Um, if if you wouldn't mind to to touch on that, and then and if it's a little too um, tender, we we respect that as well. Yeah. Thanks, Matt. I appreciate that. Um, so. Um, 2011, she told me that she'd been diagnosed with breast cancer. And um, we went to a bunch of doctors and ended up at the Cleveland Clinic. And um, they did some work on her up there. And I remember driving home. She said, um, you know, should I continue doing what they want me to do, traditional stuff, chemotherapy, additional surgeries, or should I go with natural? And I said, man, let's turn this car around. We're going back to Cleveland. And she says, I'm going natural because she was, she was vegetarian, um, you know, all the supplements and stuff. She'd always been that way. I said, you know what? Let's do it. Do it your way. Spend all the money. We'll sell the house if we need to. You can, you can put all the money into it. It's fine. Cause you know, there's stuff, I mean, you can go to Mexico and $10,000 of treatment or whatever. I said, let's do it. So she started to take those treatments and, um, about three years into it, she, got a scan and this cancer spread. So anyway, along the way, I would just periodically um, give her little scriptural things, but praying vigorously for her. And I, I had a network of people. I would meet people on the road, man. And I was like, would you pray for my wife? I mean, I don't met these people again, van drivers and people on airliners and stuff. So I had a pretty big network praying for her. And as she got sicker and sicker, uh, my role became a caregiver. And I don't know if you know the love languages, but acts of service is one of the love languages, which I do not have. Yeah. But mm-hmm. it was her love language, one of hers. And the mm-hmm. Lord turned me into a caregiver. And it was hard work at times because it's not natural. But I, I really, I call her giving her the NetJet experiences where we cater to our customers. We treat them like royalty, and they are. And that's what I did with her and did my best to, and, and the family kicked in, everybody, the kids and everything. We tried to give her great uh, care. So um, this one day she was in hospice at her house and she woke up and she said, <laughs> she said to me, um, you either got to get me to the hospital or kill me because I'm in such pain. Mm-hmm. She's having trouble swallowing. She can get her pain meds in. So I called the hospice nurse and she said, she said, why don't you just bring her up to the facility in Lancaster? So we called the ambulance and we took her up there and the doctor examined her and said that she had about a day or two to live. And my kids were there and they went out of the room and I said to Brenna, I said, you know, you got to have Jesus as your savior to get to heaven. And she says, that's what some people say. And I said, it's the truth, babe. I said, when I die, I'm going to heaven. I want to see you there. I said, are you ready to receive him as your Lord and Savior? And she said, yeah. And I said, okay, I'm going to lead you in a prayer, but you have to believe it in your heart. I can get you to say words, but you need to believe this thing. And she said, all right. So I let her, I mean, it was brief. It was, you know, dear Lord, I'm a sinner. Please save me. Come into my life. I mean, short and sweet. Uh, Within three hours, she was um, unresponsive and she died about 40 hours later. Mm. And I sat there and my kids sat there with her the whole time. Um, I was out of the room actually when she passed away, but I just kept talking to her. And I, I mean, scriptures are flowing and I'm like, if you can hear me, just keep talking to God. I'm sure you guys are having a blast right now. And um, so um, 
that was kind of how that all unfolded. But I like to tell people, I say, if, if someone says, hey, uh, we need to pray for Bob or somebody, I said, okay, let's start praying. We'll pray for 17 years and then we'll see what happens because that's how long I prayed for her. Mm. Never knowing really what was yeah. going to happen. I spent a lot of time just like, man, Lord, what are you up to? And, you know, so beginning, she's lost. At the end, she's saved. I'm like, okay, that worked. 17 years. Let's, that's my new motto of we'll pray for 17 years and then we'll reevaluate. Mm. So, I love it. Now, if I remember right, the Lord gave you a confirmation for her salvation, didn't he? Like, what do you mean? What do you, where are you going with that? Like just the grief? I, I, no, I, I thought that, I thought that we had had a conversation where, um, you know, there may have been some people question if it was a real salvation, but you had truly oh, felt that the Lord, like a peace or something. Oh, absolutely. The grief that I went through was, I say the Lord shouldered it, that Jesus shouldered the grief. I think I was in celebration that this thing had concluded and that mm-hmm. she was in heaven. So I, yeah, I had tremendous peace, yeah. tremendous peace. And I had other people say, you know, after hearing what happened, they said, you know, it sounds like a genuine conversion. And, and that's what I believe in, you know. And, and I've also said, maybe she was saved as a little kid and just never grew. I don't know. I don't know. I mean... Right, but yeah. I, I remember, I, and I think it was when we used to have the uh, monthly man-ups, and you had done, maybe you were doing uh, worship that time, but you had shared this. And, um, but I remember, you know, because I, I, I'm, I'm a skeptical person. I, I mean, yeah. I just say I am. Yeah. And I remember thinking, because this happened with my grandfather. You know, my aunt just... Man, she pounded, pounded, pounded him on his mm. deathbed. Yeah. And it was almost kind of like a, I won't do it just so she's quiet. Like that yeah. was kind of, and that wasn't too long before what happened here. Yeah. But then when you had said, you know, the peace that the Lord had given you, yeah, that this was, and then that's for me when I was like, okay, good. Like this is, th- th- this isn't, this is my human thought process getting in the way because things like this can happen. But anyway, I just wanted, in case anyone out there is listening, has the yeah. same thing. That's a good point. I felt that the Lord did that for you too, to be yeah. able to say, she's here with me. Yeah. You know, just to give you that peace because a lot of people don't have that peace or celebration mm-hmm. when they just lose a loved one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, you know? That's a good point, Sean. And yes, I, I spent a lot of time, I'm kind of a warrior, you know, deep down inside. And I thought, man, if she passes away and doesn't accept Christ, I think every day I'm going to think about her and mm-hmm. just be tormented mm-hmm. myself. And I think the Lord's, one of the Lord's gifts to me was that he's like, we're good. She's in heaven. You'll never have to worry about that. And I'm yeah. like, oh, amen. Yeah. Thank you, Lord. You know, <laughs> we, we've talked uh, on other podcasts and offline at, at our, you know, at group about deathbed confessions or deathbed receiving. And, you know, unfortunately, um, there are some uh, in the Christian faith who say, yeah, that can't, that can't work. But yeah. we always go back to, there's three men on a cross. Yeah. One of them mm. is the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Yeah. And the man uh, to his one side is guilty of everything that he was put on that cross for. Mm-hmm. And he says to Jesus, you know, you are who you say you are. And, and I always want to go back to that for people who aren't really keen on 
deathbed confessions or, yeah. you know, people coming to Christ um, in the last days of their life. This man was hours away. Yeah. And Jesus said, you'll be with me in paradise. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, I remember um, when, when you shared with us, um, you know, that she had come to the Lord and that then she'd passed away. And there was just like, mm-hmm. I, I was sad for you there's that joy yeah. that joy of um we hadn't been praying near as long as you had mm. um and it was just so so wonderful to to read that text yeah. and, and to hear that and for you to have that solace that you're going to see her again and, right. and it'll be for eternity yeah. and you know where she's at that, that's just a great story glory and, to god yeah yeah. yeah, he just loves us so much. Yeah. And I'm sure that you had a lot of um, peaks and valleys on that 17-year trek. Oh, yeah. I mean, it was, it was not easy. And it, as I look back now, it, what I, what I, the big takeaway is that I need to have faith in the Lord, you know, because I was, my faith would waver. I was like, what's going to happen, Lord? What's going to happen? It just seems impossible. And um, so it was... Now, when I'm up against something big, I, I just like the Lord's got it. He'll figure it out. You know. Yeah. Let's just keep praying. But that that's such a good, the good perspective of, because sometimes, and I've talked about it here. Like sometimes the grind gets to me, and that's one of the things that I'm I'm really working on for myself is just kind of like my 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 mental strength of that. Yeah. Um, Seventeen years is a grind. Whew. Um. So not only did it the persistence bring your wife to salvation mm-hmm. what about the growth of your faith yeah like so i don't want this to sound wrong but how has your wife's life and death grown your faith um i would say that it has obviously draw me closer to the Lord. I mean, I, I'm more in love with him now than I ever have been. Mm-hmm. I mean, just from what we went through and he was faithful, you know, he heard my prayers, he honored them, our prayers. And we need to remember that, that he is always working in our best interest, you know? And so, yeah, I think I've grown a lot in the last three years. Um, uh, I'm using my spiritual gifts more, I think, than I than I have. I'm teaching a lot more, um, soul winning stuff like that. So yeah, but it, it, and this is one of the things I, I'm I'm kind of trying to work through in my own life or come to a grip with is we spend so much energy and time trying to avoid suffering, mm, right? Yeah. So and I know this is going to be complete speculation, but if you look back. Let's remove any of this cancer from your wife, right? Let's remove any of the pain and suffering. Um, would she be saved? Would you be as close to the Lord as you are? Mm-hmm. I mean, so we spend so much time running from from pain and suffering, and 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 I think we we miss out on so much growth. Pain and suffering is what gave us salvation. Yeah, that's what Christ endured for us. But we spend so much time trying to run from it. I know. That's but a good you, point. 
but your story and your wife's story so beautifully glorifies Christ because mm-hmm. of the pain and suffering. And if it wasn't, and if it wouldn't have been there, yeah, would you? And I'm not saying you wouldn't be saved. Would your relationship be where it would be at with the Lord? Would your wife even be? I mean, it's it just yeah. kind of, and it's again, it's all speculation. Yeah, um, man, that's that's interesting to think about. I, I think that I would, st- I think we would still be on our two separate paths, meteoric mm. climbs in different directions. You know, because the Lord, I mean, He got a hold of me, and it was like, I mean, I've had my moments where I've kind of walked away, not necessarily, you know, said that's it, but. Uh, my faith has waned at times, but uh, I don't know. I mean, uh, yeah, it would look a whole lot differently if she hadn't gotten sick. Yeah. Um. So, so your your wife passes away, yeah. and the Lord says, um, "Um, I got a new helper for you." <laughs> yep. Um. So you want to share? You want to share there? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and by the way, as uh, throughout the 17 years, I'm praying for my wife to get saved because I'm like, man, I want to get her baptized up there on, at the church house and <laughs> take her to the mall and buy her a Bible. And she's going to get in Shirley's ladies group. And, you know, we're going to go around. I'm going to play my guitar and sing and we'll give our testimonies. You know, I had, I had it all planned <laughs> out, man. Yeah. I had this thing going. Unbeknownst to me, my prayers were going over Brenna and going to some woman I'd never met before. Oh, wow. And a um, lady from my church, well, uh, Tanya, she says to me, you ever thought about going out with anybody? And she said, I know it hadn't been that long since you lost your wife. And I said, well, I said, not really dating, but I'd like some companionship, maybe someone to hang out with, maybe just walk and talk and hang out. And uh she says, I got just the person. <laughs> I said, what? So anyway, we, we uh, called each other and talked a few times. And we went on a couple little dates and met and hung out and um, fell in love and uh, got married. And um, yeah, coming up on a year. And um, we do these things that I had. This is the Lord, because I thought it was all going to happen with Brenna. And it was happening, it happened with Martha. I mean, we go and we play music and we give our testimonies and we study the Bible together and we pray together and we sing together and and uh, do all that kind of stuff that I just thought it would be with Brenna. And yeah. it's with Martha Sue and um, the Lord's good. That's fantastic. <laughs> yeah. It, uh, it's, it's heartwarming for me just when I would see pictures of you guys posted. Um, yeah. You know, because... You know, looking looking through pain and suffering, um, and then to see the other side. Yeah. You know, so, um, yeah, I've always been super happy for you. Um, yeah, thank you. You know, for, you know, many levels, um, you know, starting with your wife, you know, going to heaven. Yeah. Uh, but also just to see, you know, where things are at now. Um, yeah. So, uh, anyway, I just wanted to... I wanted to also make people aware of the fact of the Lord says, okay, um, your first helper, mission accomplished. You got her into a relationship with me. Mm. Now um, I got another helper for you. Yeah. Um, and, and this is never what we plan right. on. I mean, 
Um, I'm sure at your first wedding, this this was it for life. And, mm-hmm. and but the Lord always has so many different plans for us that that a lot of times are just out of our wildest dreams. Yeah. Um, but it still goes to glorify Him. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, I just wanted to kind of touch on that so listeners could 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 know not the end of the story, but kind of up to yeah. where you're at right yeah. now. So a little update on things. Yeah. So yeah. you mentioned music. Yeah. That you play music. Yep. So um, you play what instrument? Uh, I play guitar, um, and I have been in our church band uh, on and off. I've uh, Martha and I go to uh, a retirement center monthly and uh, play uh, the old songs up there for those guys. Uh, yeah. We play that, and um, so that's kind of the extent of my music right now. I was in a band about. 10 years ago we were rocking the christian songs and so, awesome yeah do, do you still have extra strings on your guitar <laughs> extra strings yes i do okay. so i sound twice as bad i have a, <laughs> a 12 string guitar that i love it makes a lot of racket but yeah <laughs> i remember the first time i saw that when you brought that to uh monthly man up i'm like yeah. what <laughs> i've never seen that contraption before <laughs> yeah that thing is awesome man yeah it is well, um, one, one thing uh, I do want to throw out, uh, Josh and Jerob, if you are listening to this podcast, which I think you will be because you normally do, Andy is wearing a shirt that happens to say the protest. Yes. There you go, boys. So, uh, Josh and Jerob, you're being represented today on Cast the Net. Right. Just want you to know. <laughs> we're all huge fans of the protest and... Uh, just a quick side note, if you have not heard the band The Protest, yeah. go look them up on uh, iTunes or yep. Spotify or whatever it is you get your music from. Yeah, Great Christian rock band, great Our, guys. Our intro guys. and outro is from The Protest. Yep. Yes, absolutely. Well, so, so I want to get into what you do for a living. Um, there's a couple things that you said during this yes. that I thought was interesting. You had a fear of dying, but yet you became a pilot. <laughs> like, when I drive to work, if my car breaks down, that's yeah. fine. I coast off the side of the road. If your car breaks down <laughs> while you're at work, you're in serious trouble. Yeah, they got parachutes. They'll be all right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, so, uh, I guess, how did, you, how did you become a pilot? What interests you in, in going this way? How did you end up at NetJets? Um and then just the evolution of, man, aircrafts over the past 30 years. Yeah. I mean, hmm. did they, when you first started, did you, did you have to spin the propeller yourself <laughs> to get started? <laughs> like the Red Baron. <laughs> I, I had Matt spin the prop. <laughs> yeah. All right. So uh, when I was four years old, my dad and mom decided to move to Nigeria and took the family. Whoa. And I remember riding on those 747s, those Pan Ams, out mm-hmm. of JFK and uh, overseas, and um, and then we were there for two years, and we came back, and I just fell in love with airplanes. I just thought they were so cool. And my dad always said, if anybody in the family wants to learn to fly, he would pay for it because he wanted to do it, and he never had time. And my older brother was this big, like always building model airplanes and doing all this stuff, and we figured he would be the guy. And um, he did join the Air Force, but not to fly. 
So in high school, I'm sitting in health class, and this kid beside me goes, hey, what are you doing after school? And I go, nothing. And he said, want to go flying? And I'm like, what are you talking about? And he breaks out his temporary pilot certificate. He said, I just got my license a couple days ago. And I'm, I'm looking at him like, they gave you a license to fly? <laughs> <laughs> He's a great guy, by the way. And um, so, I go, yeah, so we go out to the airport, and we rented an airplane. He f- took it off and flew it, but he let me fly, you know, straight and level turns and all that. I was hooked. That was senior mm-hmm. year. I took ground school over the summer at OU, learned to fly in the fall, got my license in November of 1982. And then I just kind of was working my way through school and goofing off, having a good time. I was bartending and taking <laughs> classes and flying my butt off, which I loved. And eventually graduated from college and went right to Executive Jet. That's what we were called at the time. And um, a guy got me in up there. And I was just going there to build time. I wanted to go to the airlines, wanted to fly for TWA. I was wanted to wear the hat and uh, fly the big stuff. And um, I was there two years. We went into recession. This is 91. I got furloughed for uh, 11 months, and none of the airlines were hiring. So when they called me back, I just kind of stuck around, and I got a job instructing with them. I became a check airman, which is um, FAA designation to give uh, check rides to every year. The captains have to have check rides in the airplane, demonstrate proficiency. So I got that designation, and I just loved it there great company. Uh, when I started there in 1989, we had about, I'll say, 89 pilots. Uh, we're now about 2,500. Wow. Wow. Um, we had probably, I'll just say, 25 jets at the time. We're now, depending on how you do your math, between, I'll say, between 400 and 500 airplanes. Yeah. 6,000 employees is approximately what I've heard. Um, and it's come a long way, you know. So where's the base of this company? Is it in Columbus? It is in Columbus, at Port Columbus, yeah. Wow. Yeah. So so I get, so I'm assuming, but you guys are branched off to about every other major airport throughout the U.S.? Well, the way it works is the crew members can live anywhere they want. They, when they report to work, they just report to a big airport that has airline service. They just say, I I could call them you know, next week and go, I want to report out of Miami. And they're going, cool, we'll send you a briefing and you got to be at Miami at whatever time. I got to find my way down there. But uh, but I use Port Columbus as my base. So the, the crew members can live anywhere they want. And when it's time to go to work, they just send you the local airport, probably airline you. We I airline a lot to get to my airplane because it's not feasible. You don't bring 450 jets to Columbus every night. We just leave them on the road and the crew members airline or limo or rental car back and forth to the airplanes. So when you're flying on the airlines, when you get on, do you like go up to the door and go, hey, I'm, I'm a captain with net jets? I do not. <laughs> <laughs> but, but thanks for asking. <laughs> no. Do you get in your seat in first class and go, I wonder who's driving this thing? <laughs> it's a rough ride. <laughs> No, I mean, it's good. They're all great crew. So you're flying Lear's? No, I fly Bombardier. It's a Challenger uh, 650. It's uh, about a 12-passenger airplane. Um, it'll go to Europe on a tank of gas. Nice. It's, I mean, yeah. your your aircraft are multi-million dollar aircraft. Yeah. They have every piece of equipment 
yeah. the latest and greatest technologies yeah. to get your customers yep. to and from safely. Yep. Yep. All the good stuff. And so like any aeronautical business, your first and foremost foundation is your safety. Absolutely. No compromises there. And the company's great because I'm the final authority of that flight. You know, I can, I can say at any time, we're not going. And they're like, okay. Now, of course, they want to know why. I can't just make something up. But, right. you know, it's like, you know, if there's a mechanical issue, there's a weather issue, you know, the flight crew has the say and we report back, you know. So it's, it's great. Safest place I've ever worked, you know. So let's, uh, let's go a day in the life. So do you do like a seven day on, seven day off? Yep. That's what I work. And, and you can't uh, fly for more than how many hours in a 24-hour period? 10 hours in a 24. It's a rolling clock. So I could do eight hours today, get 10 hours of rest. That's 18 hours. So if I go fly for two more hours, I'm done at that point because of the rolling clock. So the company monitors that, and I'm responsible to monitor it too. I haven't been close to that in a couple of years, but it happens. Yeah. So the company says, hey, um, we're going to pick up a pro golfer who's come in to play Jack's tournament. And uh, he lives down in Miami, and we're going to fly him back down to Miami. So you show up to work. You have a briefing. Mm -hmm. uh, you have a co-pilot who flies with you. And a flight attendant. All right. So you get in the aircraft. What happens next? You got a key. You just turn the key, and it kicks <laughs> on, and you're like, okay, let's go. Put it in drive. Yeah. Is it, is it like the new cars now? So you just put the fob in your pocket yeah. and you just push the button and That's it fires all we do. up? Yep. We just sit back and relax and drink coffee, watch it happen. Uh, not so much, Matt. Um, there's a lot of briefings that go into a place before the flight even occurs. We know exactly who the customers are and where they're going. So we have all that. We've got our flight plans that the company's filed for us. F plane is fueled. Everything's ready to go. The people show up. We load their luggage. We identify them. We... You know, we don't interact a whole lot like the flight crews, the pilots, you know, we obviously greet them and all that. But uh, the flight attendant will be taking care of them once they get on, go up the steps and turn right. That'll be the flight attendant taking care of them. Um, but we close the door and strap in, start, you know, doing our our pilot thing. So let's talk about that. Let's talk about the pilot thing, um, because that's really where. We were at last week, yeah, and we were talking about a checklist. We were talking about that before every flight that you take, you file a flight plan, mm -hmm. you do a checklist. Yeah, um, is that a question response ch like challenge with the co-pilot? Then, yeah, we have challenge and response checklist. We also have checklists that are um, silent, that maybe just the pilot monitoring, the, the one who's not flying will be doing that one. Uh, at certain triggers, there's things that, certain triggers along the way that, that things have to happen. Um, and we also have memory items. If there's an emergency, there's certain things that we just have memorized. Okay, so this happens, there's three steps, and you just do them. And then you work on the emergency with checklists after that. So, um. so as we talked last week, how do you blend? How do you blend the spiritual side that you're walking as a disciple of Jesus with the aviation side? 
I guess my question is, do you have a checklist every day when you're home, a spiritual <laughs> checklist of, man, I need to read scripture this morning. I need to put on my armor. Yeah. You know, do you find that that blends on the other side too? Yeah. I, my wife and kids will be laughing at this right about now because there's just little sheets of paper all over the house with little things written <laughs> all over them. Um, absolutely. Um, I definitely... I, and, and this is not for everybody, you know, just because I do this doesn't mean this is right for everybody, but I, I have, I call it a pilot mind. I can categorize little pieces of information, but I can expand on them. So like, for example, getting into the spiritual realm, like temptation, you know, if there's temptation around, I have a little flow that I go through hmm. and the scriptures, if you look in there, it'll say, you know, to turn away. Like it'll say, flee the evil desires of youth and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace. So, you know, if I see something or I think of something, I need to turn myself spiritually and get the heck out of there. So turn away, pray, be the second step from the pilot Christian standpoint. Yeah. And I have lots of scriptures that I'll bring to the Lord, you know, especially like 1 Corinthians 10, 13, no temptation has seized you except what is common to man. You probably have heard that. God will make a way out, you know, um, and to praise him because he says in the Psalms, if we praise him, he'll silence the enemy. Mm. So it's not uncommon. I don't use this all the time. I, I'm a sinner. I fall short and all that kind of stuff. But when I'm in the zone, I love this because I can turn away. I can pray. I can praise him. And find the way out, you know? So that's an example of how one, two, three, four from the airplane transfers into one, two, three, four in my spiritual life. Yeah, I love it. And, and obviously as a pilot, um, in part of your mission briefing that you're having, you've already looked at, we're flying from point A to B. Yeah. This is uh, the fuel we have on board. Yeah. This is the wind that we're going to be this is the weather that we might be getting into yep. depending on the, the winds that's going to bring that weather. So you're always planning the variables. Yes. And so how would you speak to the folks listening today about the importance of planning for the variables of our spiritual walk? You need to be aware of all the possible things that can happen as far as I'm concerned, you know. Uh, in your spiritual walk. I mean, Satan and the demons are always after us. I mean, sometimes they're active and sometimes they're not. Just like you got attacked a little bit this morning, you know? Right. <laughs> uh, so it's it's like, and I've been kind of waiting because when you called me last Sunday and said, hey, would you like to be on the show? I like perked up. I was like, okay, let's see what, it's, it's see what the bad guys are after, mm. you know, see what they're up to. And I, my, uh, my prayer time and scripture reading and stuff increased a little bit just kind of waiting for something to happen. But, you know, I'm trusting the Lord. He's going to take care of us, me. So, um, you know, I, I prepare myself that way. I don't know. Yeah. No, it, you know, I think it's, we can talk it. Yeah. We can talk about, you know, I want this checklist and I'm going to have a spiritual checklist and, and I can write it out on a piece of paper yeah. and, no different than the question and the response piece of our checklist, you can still pencil whip it. You bet. Yeah, you can say it and not mean it or not do it. And also getting back to these briefings, we include the whole flight crew in on 
at least one of the briefings. We want the flight attendant in input. And that's where in, you know, if I have a tough thing going on, I'm reaching out to Jamie or you or Mark or somebody else, Jeff, and saying, hey, I'm going through this thing, you know, what do you think? Yeah. <laughs> and get their input too. So that's kind of a carryover too. I think um, just speaking for me personally, um, there have been many a times where I've pencil whipped the checklist on the spiritual side. Agreed. You know, um, and it and it always works. We call it drift in in our in our yeah. industry. That's so um, drift. Yeah, it. You can get away with pencil whipping it until there's an incident or an accident, and then that's what usually brings brings us back to yeah. normal where we should be, yeah. the place that we drifted from, and so. Um, I love that example you had last week about the, if you're off one degree and you shoot, mm. how <laughs> the target's close, you may hit the side of the target, but if it's far away, you're, it's Well, and, that, and that's miles. just what I, that's what I was just thinking about with you. Like, if you're flying from Port Columbus to Miami and you're one degree off, are you going to hit Miami? No. Right. So, um, so your checklist that you, so you've been 30 years. So you take 30 years of a walk with Christ. Um, the walk changes, same as the checklist changes, same as, you know, the, the planes have changed. Um, so over your time, has your checklist changed with different variables, but also just with where you're at with Christ? I mean, I think it's, I'm sure the, the planes are different now than they were 30 years ago. Yeah. Are the checklists different now? Um, well, I, I'll, I'll hit on my spiritual um, walk and how it's changed in, in the last... I've been saved 20 years now. Uh, when I first got saved, I'd go in the Christian bookstore and I'd buy every book I could find except the Bible. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I was like, do you, have a, do you have a shopping cart in here? You know? And I'm, buying, I'm like going down the aisle with my hand out just funneling books into my cart. And... Over time, it was like, man, I keep reading these guys writing about the Bible. I need to spend more time in the Bible. And now mm. I am a Bible guy. I, I, every now and then I reach out to some trusted commentaries and things like that. Mm -hmm. um, but the good stuff, the goodness is right there in the Word of God, mm. you know. Amen. So um, that's a big change for me is that um, I'm now just digging the Word. And, of course, I have this gigantic checklist here when I am studying. I'm looking for things, you know, and I, I teach a couple Bible studies with some folks, and we do line by line, word by word, and we get to a word that we're not sure the definition, we look it up, yeah. you know, so that people know what it is. We see repeated themes, like in, um, it says in Philippians, rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Why does he say it twice? Because we're thick-headed. We need to hear, hmm. hey, Adam, you need to rejoice, so I'm going to say it twice. I noted when he said thick-headed, he didn't point to me or you, Adam. <laughs> I'm he working pointed, my way around the room. He pointed to Fran when he said that. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> we're thick-headed, and he was pointing over to Fran. I saw it. So. You can't see that out there if you're listening, but we saw it here. <laughs> yeah, and, and it, but that's a choice. Yeah. You, cho you choose to rejoice. You choose joy. Yeah. I mean. Oh, yeah. 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 And, and so, yeah, to pick that up. Hey, if you didn't hear me the first time, I know. I'll say it again. Oh, the Lord's so good. He gives mm -hmm. us so many extra chances, you know. He just, yeah. He's long-suffering. 
Yeah, exactly. And he knows what we need, you know. So. So yeah. So you know, over your 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 over your walk, how things have changed. Yeah. So you've now you spend time. Yeah, I'm. I'm mostly. Let's start in the Bible, and if we need to reach out from there, if I don't get, if I don't, if I don't get what I need from the Holy Spirit in there for some reason, then I'll reach out and see what man wrote about that topic. And and I and I can look back and say, I kind of had a similar. You know, when I started really getting really pulled into Christianity, you know, I was I was like you. I was I was I was reading all kind of other books except for Scripture. (laughs) Yeah. Um. But I think part of that is, you know, that gets into Timothy, you know, because I, I, I found stuff that I liked. I, I found versions of what Christianity was that, that I yeah. liked that, you know, that was, that might not, might not have been the full picture of who Christ oh, was. Yeah. I tell people I was the king of low hanging fruit, man. If it was easy, <laughs> I was all over it. And then when it starts to get hard, I'm like, yeah, I, I'm not interested. I don't like tedious stuff. I do not like, I'm wired to grab the easy stuff, you know, mm-hmm. that's the way he wired me. So it, it's hard work to get in there and dig it out. Yeah. But, but we do. Yeah. And, and I think that's, and I was there too, you know, the low, uh, but for me now, I, I'm trying to get the higher, Yeah, trying to get into the higher fruit, uh, trying to dig in kind of a little bit more, but. Getting the meat. But I've turned more of my focus of, who needs to change is me. My wife's not the one who needs to change. Okay. The people around me is not who needs to change. I need to change. I think that's more kind of where, where I've turned that kind of self, mm. try to be self-reflective back in. Okay. Because it's so much easier to point to so many other people as to, well, my marriage would be better if my wife did this. Oh, maybe yeah. my wife, maybe my marriage would be better if I did this. Yeah. You know? Um, maybe my relationships at work would be better if I did this. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, relationship with guys in in group. Maybe if I did this and then, so that's kind of more. That's not low low hanging fruit for yeah, me. That's that's, that's kind of college you know. level stuff. <laughs> um, but I mean, I think that's the next. Yeah, you're going to have seasons you go through. You're going to have progressions that you go through, and and you know that was kind of. You know where I was going to with, with my question of the the progression of, you know where your job's gone, where that where the airlines have gone, where safety has gone, where all that stuff has yeah. gone. It's progressed over time. Sure. Um, and if you guys wouldn't have progressed as a company, you probably wouldn't be around anymore. Would have closed the doors. When I first started, we really didn't have any SOP standard operating procedures. It was each each captain for himself. You know, yeah. it was the Wild West. We had. Uh, some guys, World War II fighter pilot guys that were working there. Oh boy! <laughs> and uh, you know, wonderful, wonderful guys. But it was kind of like, hey, if you're flying with this guy, do it his way, or he'll get mad at you. And if you fly with that guy, do it. And over time, um, you know, as the industry came around, and you know, the, obviously anything to increase safety, and um, we went to SOPs and callouts and all that kind of business, and uh, yeah, just really improved it um dramatically and now it, it, i couldn't even i couldn't even get in at the airplane or a simulator and just say you know start them up let's fly this thing i i couldn't do it <laughs> I, even a simulator i don't think i could do it you know so, so the, my picture in my head 
but that's just always kind of what I, I picture with you is, you know, you got your captain's hat on and you're, you know, he's a captain. He's a captain. <laughs> and, you, and you have your name badge that says captain. Yeah, right. Um, but you're not afraid to show, share your faith. Yeah. And that's always been something I've admired about you is your gentle nature of being able to do it, but the boldness to do it with anybody. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure there's been plenty of people who you've said, because none of us are perfect. I'm sure there's plenty of people that you've said, man, I wish I would have taken that opportunity and I missed it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But I also know there's plenty of times when you've taken that opportunity. Yeah. Um, the, one of the best images I have is the picture that you sent us. Um, yeah, I think you're standing in front of Buddha. Yeah. And uh, well, yeah, it was in uh, Hawaii. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you said, you had a, I think it was a disciple shirt on. <laughs> I don't know if you just got done with a workout or something. Um, but that that's one of the that's one of the best images I have of you. And I I think didn't you quote one the ten one of the ten the Ten Commandments, thou shall not have any other gods except for me. Yeah. I thought that's what that yeah. was. Yeah. Yeah. I, when I see most of your pictures on social media, my thoughts, especially from your office view, my thoughts immediately go to Psalm 19. Psalm 19. Psalm 19? The heavens declare the glory of God. Yeah. So I'm sure you have a lot of time when you're flying Once you reach altitude and those type of things where you and the Lord probably have some amazing conversations. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll, I'll add this caveat that I'm still doing my job while I'm, you know, of course uh, flying along and all this kind of stuff. Oh yeah. Uh, I don't, I don't want to, but yeah, absolutely. I've seen amazing things, you know, you look down on the earth and think, man, he, he made this. I was just coming up from Florida last week and I looked down and I thought, there's places down there on that ground where over West Virginia or Tennessee or something, no human has ever seen. I mean, it's just mm. woods, man. And, mm-hmm. and, uh, but the Lord, you know, if he were willing, he could come down and go, Andy, I could show you everywhere where a person has stepped and where they haven't, things they haven't seen. There's all kinds of stuff. So yeah. I, I have those thoughts and prayers and time with the Lord like that. It's amazing. And it's, um, you know, I don't know. It, it, you mentioned like having church in the airplane and things like that. And um, certainly I, uh, prayer is a big part of my life and things like that. So, you know, if I'm with a pilot and we're having discussions, great. If we're not, it's cool. You know, yeah. just we're flying. It's a business. So, so yeah. as we wrap up, Andy, I'm just going to give you some free mic time. No questions. Just. Okay. What is it that uh, maybe the Lord laid on your heart this week that uh, you wanted to share that you didn't get a chance to in our conversation here this morning? Um, Or, you know, is there anything of encouragement? Or this is just your time as we wrap up to share with the folks, uh, share with us here uh, who are listening this morning. Okay. Well, first of all, thanks for having me on here. This is awesome. I appreciate it. And everybody out there listening, uh, appreciate it. Um, the, something that is near and dear to me, I call it the two minute testimony. I, I think every Christian should be able to give their testimony from memory. And I like to use it and it's, there's a million ways to share the gospel. This is not the only way. So don't think, oh my gosh, I've got to do it Andy's way. That's not it. But I will tell you how I use it and how to develop your own two minute testimony 
And it's very simple. It's three steps from the pilot. <laughs> All right. Who is a captain? So you really who should do it because yeah. he is a captain. And if we had video right now, he has a captain's hat. Oh, on. Just he did. Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to get him one. For sure. <laughs> Next time uh, you come on, we'll make you wear it. You said I, this is my time. Sorry. We digress. <laughs> I've had it with you guys. Okay. Step one. What was your life like before you got saved? Just write a couple things down. You know, whatever was going on in your life, it's no big deal. Step two. How did you get saved? Just write that down, you know, maybe it's a church at the Easter service or a friend like Jeff shared with me or, you know, whatever. Just write it down. And the third step is, what's your life like now? I.e., you know, how's the Lord working in your life? All that kind of stuff. So write all this down and just rehearse it a little bit and practice it. And maybe share it with a friend. Go, hey, I got my two-minute testimony. Would you listen to this, Adam, and tell me? If this sounds right, does this make sense? Maybe tape record it and listen to it. Because here's how I use it. I'll get in a hotel van and I'll say to the guy driving, I'll go, hey, is there any churches around the hotel? And he'll go, well, I think there's a list at the front desk. You know, we can check it out. Because I like to go to church on the road if I can. And I'll say, where do you go to church? And uh, most frequently, here's the answer I get. I don't go, but I should. Mm -hmm. I don't touch it. I just give my two-minute testimony, which sounds like this. Hey, man, I was raised in church. I was baptized as a baby, confirmed as a youth, joined the church, and I hated it. And when I got into high school, I asked my mom and dad if I could quit going, and they said, yeah, that's fine. So I left church thinking good people go to heaven, bad people go to hell, and I'm a good guy, I'm popular, I'm going to heaven. And then I had an event in my life that scared me. I thought I was going to die. It got me wondering if good people really go to heaven and bad people go to hell. And I had a fear of dying. And my friend Jeff shared the gospel with me. And as I read those scriptures, like Romans uh, 3.23, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, I knew I'd sinned. And Romans 6.23, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus. And I was like, it's a free gift. It's not how well I behave. Where's this line of being good and bad? And another scripture, everyone who calls in the name of the Lord will be saved. And as I read those scriptures, my fear of dying went away and I accepted Christ as my savior. And then I'll turn and say to that van driver, how about you? If you died today, where would you spend eternity? And if he says, well, I'm going to heaven, I'll say, well, why would God let you in? I see what he says. And if he says, I'm a good guy, I'm popular. I'll say, can I show you what the Bible says about that? And that's it. Two-minute testimony, go right into sharing some scriptures, let the Holy Spirit do the work, you know? And I have yet to have anybody, like, come unglued or go, you know, uh, you're nuts or anything like that. People are very receptive to hearing the truth. And I think... I can introduce you to a guy who would have just a couple hours ago. I'm just saying. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> so... Anyway, that's, I, I, I would encourage everybody to be able to give your salvation testimony some way, shape, or form. Write it down, carry it around, memorize it, share it. Man, it's good stuff. It is good stuff. That's great. And it's, it's great stuff because it is your story. It's yeah, not... You should know your you own know, story. It, it's, it's personal. And when you get to be personal with somebody else, there's yeah. a difference than thumping the Bible at them, you know? Yeah. It, why... Why would I want to share this if I don't have a good reason why it's important for me? Yeah. So 
you know, I, I love that. I encourage that too, because when we talk about our personal changes and, you know, obviously as you would agree, you know, our, tr- our story continues and, and that story can evolve, you know, mm-hmm. from initially being saved, but how God's brought you through things and how God has, uh, helped and encouraged you to go deeper in a relationship with him. All that stuff is personal stuff. And when we're talking personal, we're opening up with other people. They're going to open up too. You bet. Yeah. And that third step in the process is just, where are you now? And that's, this is where I am, you know? Yeah. So. Well, um, as always, if you're listening today, uh, we want you to know Jesus loves you. Yeah. No one knows you like he does. Yeah. Um, you were made in his image. You were made by him and for him. Um, if you would like to know more uh, about Andy and his story, uh, reach out to us um, at Castanet uh, by going to outoftheboatministries.com, mm-hmm. um, and we can get you in contact with Andy if you'd like to hear more about his story. If you've got some things going on in your life that you just want us to pray for you about, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, we, we would love to hear from you. Um, you're not alone out there. Um, the enemy has probably whispered that in your ear so many times, but we want you to know you're not alone, that you're loved. So with that, uh, Andy, if you would, would you mind uh, closing us out in prayer? Hey, I'd love to. Our Father in heaven, Lord, we praise you today. We thank you for the gift of eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior. Yes. Thank you, Jesus, for your obedience and dying on that cross paying our ransom, redeeming us, Lord, saving us. We thank you so much for that. We thank you for the Holy Spirit, Lord. We ask, Holy Spirit, that you would just guide our steps, set up those divine appointments, prepare hearts, and give us the words to say. Also, advance our um, studies and things like that. Uh, Amplify our spiritual gifts, Lord. And even in areas where we're not gifted, let us be ready to use them, to be ready in season and out. I pray for everybody listening to this podcast that that if they do not know Christ as their Savior, that they would receive you just by asking you to save them, Father, confessing their sin and repenting. And if you do know the Lord as your Lord and Savior, I pray for your spiritual growth. I pray that your gifts would be um, just lit up even more than what you've got. I pray that the Lord would just guide you take away fear, worry, and anxiety, give you boldness, things like that. And uh, Father, again, I just I thank you for the guys that are out of the boat and um, doing this podcast, Adam and Matt and Fran. ask you to just bless this ministry abundantly. You already have, Lord, but we just pray you continue it. Use it to win souls. Use it to grow Christians. Use it to edify us, Lord. And we thank you, Father, in advance for all you're going to do. And it's in the precious name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior, that we pray. Amen. 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 You've been listening to Cast the Net, a production of Out of the Boat Ministries. For more information, follow us on Facebook at Out of the Boat Logan or visit our website, outoftheboatministries.com.